بسم الله الرحمن Assalamu alaikum. It is Wednesday, the 27th of uh, July 2022, and uh, in our broadcasts, Reflections on the Holy Quran. This is broadcast number 340, in which we are discussing. The words of uh, chapter 2, Al-Baqarah, verse 102 of the Holy Quran. These broadcasts, are, uh, and, th- and this is actually uh, uh, the 21st broadcast in discussing the words of uh, chapter 2, verse 102. These broadcasts are brought to you by LASER, Lahore MDA School of Education in Religion, which is a branch of the Lahore MDA movement or uh, MDA Anjuman Ishaite Islam. The uh, MDA movement was uh, created by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad who taught that although other people say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad at least one more Prophet will come. This cannot be correct because the Holy Prophet Muhammad, because the Holy Quran itself says that the Holy Prophet Muhammad is Khatmun Nabi. And the Holy Prophet explained this by saying, La Nabi Abadi, there is no Prophet after me. So now no Prophet will come. And uh, his companions, Radiallahu Anhum, were worried by this. And they asked that when previous People went astray, God said, Prophets, what will happen to Muslims? And the Holy Prophet said, now reformers will come. Who will reform? Muslims. Not Islam, but Muslims. And uh, over the centuries, over the years, many reformers have come and tried to eradicate uh, from the Muslim minds, the incorrect beliefs and doctrines of uh, whatever the, 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 the aspect was at their time. And Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib was one such reformer. His distinction was that the Holy Prophet had also said 
that uh, the Messiah and Mahdi will come to guard Muslims. And Mr. Ulama said that the signs of their coming had been fulfilled in his person. So he was the Mujaddid who in Hadith was called the Messiah and Mahdi. This of course led to a, a difference of opinion. There are also other things. And people started labouring, labelling MDs as kafirs and heretics and so on. And Hirsab asked Muslims not to do this because he drew their attention to the hadith of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, which said that um, if one reciter of the kalame was to say to another reciter of the kalama that you are a heretic, a kafir, then it is the person saying it who is the heretic and who is the kafir. So the Holy Prophet took this so seriously that to call another reciter of the kalama a heretic amounts to heresy. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad also taught that although people say that some prophetic revelation has been missed out from the Holy Quran and some prophetic revelation which is a part of the Holy Quran, its commands have been abrogated, this, this cannot be correct because God has promised that he revealed the Holy Quran and he will safeguard it. So how can anything which is in God's protection not be complete and perfect? And of course, as Rasab also pointed out, that jihad is a fundamental duty of every Muslim. Jihad is a fundamental duty of every Muslim. But jihad as defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad, not by anyone else. And when returning from fighting, the Holy Prophet Muhammad said that Muslims were returning from the minor jihad, jihad -e asghar to the major jihad, jihad -e akbar And he then went on to explain that jihad akbar is jihad bin nafs, a struggle with your own self to contain your evil, immoral desires, greed, enmity, hatred. And so on. there are many others, dishonesty, etc. So we should remember that. With that, let's turn to the verse of the Holy Quran that we're going to recite, as I always explain to people. 
that uh, <coughs> this is quite a long verse and uh, so um, I'm going to recite only uh, that phrase of that part on which about which we are going to speak. A'uzu billahi minash rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Walaqad alimu lamanishtarahu malahu fil akhirati min khalaq and uh, certainly they know that he who buys it has no share of good in the hereafter and today we are going to talk about the word nishtarahu ma Lahu and Fi. So, <clears throat> let me go to my notes on the computer. And the first word, it has the root Sheen Va Ya. And words made with this root are found in the Holy Quran 25 times in two forms. Uh, 21 times as Istaraya. Istara, and uh, four times as Shara and uh, it basically means to sell but interestingly it can only mean it, it, it can also mean to buy or exchange so these are the meanings and uh, <clears throat> it is interesting that um, I mean let's take the example of English law what do we have in contract law when you're buying or selling something you have a seller who offers something and for a consideration. Now the word consideration is used because that is more than just price. Price is here is 10 pounds. But consideration may be that, I don't know, um, if I wash your car, 
Turk, you are giving something of value in return. Um, now, when one person exchanges goods or services, I guess, in return for money, then uh, the person who gives whatever it is, service or goods, that's called bar. As I said, this is when one person is giving something and the other person is giving money. You know, it's easy, you know, you go to the shops to buy bread. You are buying bread. Bar is selling you bread. So he'll give you bread and he will take your money. Now, it becomes more complicated if you go back to what I said earlier and if you think about it. When you have the barter system which was the original way people traded. You know, uh, I don't know, I need an egg and you've got milk and I need a glass of milk and a head of two eggs, will you give me a glass of milk for two eggs? So you're exchanging two things. Now, here, each person is a buyer and a seller. So this is why um, when there is, you know, sometimes this root sha, wa, ya can be used as denoting buying and at other times as denoting selling. And uh, the Holy Quran in chapter 12, verse 20 says, Vasharohu vithamani bachs. And uh, he sold it for a small price. And uh, in chapter 4, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 74, it says, Yashiruna al-hayata dunya bil akhirati And there are people who buy the hereafter in exchange for the life of this world. Now you see here, money is not involved. Two things are being exchanged. You are selling the life in this world for the hereafter. But in other places, like chapter 3, verse 77, Inna lazina yashtaruna bi ahdillah. And these people sell God's covenant and they take very little price for it. And this happens 
often that for the sake of money people sell their souls. I remember an example that Manala Abdul Haq Vidyarthi Rahmatullah he well, it's not an example, it's a real incident. He told me that he was sitting with another non empty Malvi Saab and a man came and he was crying and he said, I had a row with my wife last night and I went talak, talak, talak and in the morning, now that we've calmed down, she's crying and I'm crying and we've got kids. Can you do something <clears throat> to sort of rescind this divorce. And uh, by the way, I have to mention here, this is why members of Lahore MDM movement have always said that divorce can only be given through proper channels, through courts, so that this sort of situation doesn't arise. But anyway, the Maulana Sahib said that, well, nothing can be done. You said talaq, 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 now you are divorced. And that's the end of the matter. So uh, the man started crying even more. And then he said, well, although I'm, a, I'm not a rich man, you know, I'll serve you in whatever way I can. And he extended his hand and there was some money in it, etc. And the Maulana Sahib looked at what he was offering and he said, what did you say? And the man was a Punjabi, he said, talak, talak, talak. Maulana said, no, 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 no. Nothing's happened, you're not divorced. Go home and live with your wife. And the man said, well, a minute ago you were telling me that we are now divorced and now you're saying everything is fine. And the Maulana said, yes, you said talaq. It is an Arabic word. That is polaq. So if you were really going to divorce your wife, you should have said, I give you polaq. I give you polaq. And because you didn't say that, you know, this is, uh, you're not divorced. So go back and live happily ever after. And this is what God is saying. That they sell God's revelation for a small price. But in chapter 2, earlier on, verse 86, God also says, Ishtara wul hayata dunya bil akhira That there are people who for the sake of the hereafter, uh, who for the sake, who bought the life of this world. So, like this Maulana, they may be well off in this life, But in the hereafter, they've sold their hereafter. But the true believers, God says, Inna Allah 
Hastara minal mu'mini. And the truth is chapter 9, uh, verse 111, um, that Allah has purchased from the moments. God has purchased and uh, their lives and their properties. And in chapter 2 verse 207 God says And there are people who to please God sell their lives. Now people say you know the other verse that I recited um, that there are people who uh, to please God sell their lives and uh, and their property and, uh, etc who give their lives and property to please Allah. This is a broader concept than people generally think. People think oh well it means that you know You'll go out and you'll fight and die for Islam. Yes, it does have that meaning. I'm not denying that. Or that you will uh, uh, give your property and things to the poor for the sake of Allah. Yes. But the meaning is much broader than this. What it, what it means is that, you know, you obey Allah just like a slave would obey its master. This is why in many translations in, in some places, uh, some people, they uh, translate uh, slaves of Allah. Rather than servants of Allah, they say slaves of Allah. Because, just think of slaves of the days of old. They could not refuse to obey the master. And this is the relationship that you should have with God. That in everything, when put to test, then you do what God says. And you don't find some excuse to do otherwise. I mean, recently there was a, on television and, and so on, there was a great debate about, you know, this boy came home and he had some drugs and his mother rang the police and reported him and they came and arrested him. And the people are saying, you know how can a uh, how can a mother report her own son, etc., etc. But if she hadn't reported him and he'd gone out, maybe he'd taken the drugs or he'd sold them to someone else. And the person who took the, the these drugs, he got into a car and ran down a family and killed them. So, 
In that case, should that mother be charged as an accessory that she knew and didn't report it? Isn't her sin as great as that of the son? You can't absolve her. And God says that, you know, you, your children are a trial for you. Why are they trial for you? Because even those people who don't do anything wrong to gain something for themselves will sometimes do the wrong thing for the sake of their children. <clears throat> and this is not uncommon. I mean, children is one example, your worldly honour. You know, I'll be disgraced. There's an incident in the life of uh, the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib, that uh, he was sending out lit literature to people and uh, he was writing some guy's address on the envelope and uh, he thought of an extra point that was relevant to that person. So he took a piece of paper, wrote that extra information on it and put it in with the leaflet. Now the leaflets are being sent as printed matter, which was cheaper to post than personal communication, personal correspondence. And the man got the, uh, the envelope, he opened it and he took out the leaflet and in the leaflet there was that handwritten note by Hazrat Mizzoulaban. So this was an offence and he immediately went to the police and reported him and Hazrat Sahib was charged with the offence of defrauding the government or attempting to defraud the government. And uh, uh, so he engaged a lawyer, an advocate, and outside the court, the advocate said, well, it's very simple, isn't it? This man, it is well known that this man is your opponent, your enemy. So all you have to say is, when he says, and you've been charged because he has said that this happened. Now, all you have to do is go in Go in and say, no, it didn't. I didn't put that uh, handwritten note in there. And the judge will have no choice but to dismiss the case. As Nazra Saab said, well, I can't do that. The lawyer said, why not? He said, because I did it. I didn't mean to de 
defraud the government or anything. You know, I was addressing hundreds of envelopes and uh, when his name came, I just thought of something else and I thought, oh, you know, this is relevant to the leaflet. It's not personal information. This is not personal correspondence. So I wrote it and put it in. And the advocate said, well, if you're going to tell the truth, Uh, then you'll certainly go to jail. And as a result, I said, well, how can I lie? How can I lie? Because before I start giving evidence, I'll put my hand on the Holy Quran and I'll say that I'll tell the truth. Upon this, someone said, oh, well, if you do that, then you'll certainly go to jail and you will be humiliated and the Jamaat will be humiliated and everyone's going to leave the Jamaat because of the uh, dishonor and humiliation that this will bring. And Hazrat looked at this man and said, so what you're saying is this, that to avoid dishonor in this world, I should dishonor myself in God's eyes. And I will not do that. I don't care about honor or dishonor in this world. And this is what this verse says. There are people who for Allah's pleasure sell themselves. I'm not going to do that. Let them send, send me to prison. I am from Allah. He will protect me. So they went in and Hazrat told the truth that, you know, when he saw that name, an extra idea came into his head and he wrote that on a piece of paper and he put it in and yes, he did it. But it wasn't personal correspondence. It was just an explanation or extra information or continuation of what the um, leaflet said. And uh, the judge accepted that and freed herself. But that is the point of selling yourself to God. That you see, it, it, it's easy. You, you know, you get to the office and uh, your boss says, oh, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, I had cornflakes and a cup of tea and a boiled egg. Well, it's very easy to speak that truth, isn't it? Because whether you speak the truth or not, it doesn't matter. The point about Hazrasav was that he was going to go to prison. He was going to lose in terms of this world, he was going to, he had a lot to lose. But he had sold things of this world. His body, his soul, his honor, his everything. Everything. To please Allah. And, that, and that, that, that is what God says, yes, that you've sold your uh, lives 
and your property to please Allah. But that doesn't mean to say that you uh, rush in and go Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Then you rush out and you start taking bribes and you start deceiving people. Or comes the card time. You try all manner of tricks so that you don't have to give zakat to help the poor. You say, oh, this trick and that trick and some other trick and, 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 and so on. You haven't. You, all you're doing is just paying lip service to being a Muslim. So, next word is ma, which is very simple. It's just a negative, not. Next word is lahu, and it's an expression rather than a word because it's made up of two things preposition la and pronoun who for him, and then fi, which is again a preposition, which means in. So, with that, I will take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, and